3: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipshutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the meek mill to my Drake, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith?
2: Um, good. And, yes, I, I try to think of a, Charged witty, up, man. a, witty, a witty comeback. Charged
3: up, um, Have you been following the the Meek Mill Drake? I'm aware that war no, of there words. There are
2: accusations from Meek Mill that Drake does not write his own lyrics. Something along those lines. Yeah,
3: and yeah, and I'm I'm here to to say that I I write my own lyrics. As in, I write my own chart listicles, I guess, on <laughs> Billboard.com. <laughs> anyway. now, all of the, all, of the, all
2: of the words credited to our names are really the things that we write here on the yeah. 101st. Billboard Pop Shop Podcast spectacular,
3: and the first Pop Shop Podcast to be launching on a Tuesday. Um, before we get into it, Keith, thanks again to everyone who listened to the 100th episode featuring Five Seconds of Summer. You can still Fifth listen Harmony, to it;
2: it's still there. It will be there Nick forever.
3: Nick Jonas, Austin Mahone, unbelievable. Keith, I don't even know if I told you this. i, I We've kind of been following the. how how well the 100th episode has done uh casually but i i I actually looked like at the hard numbers and it was by far our most streamed downloaded visited whatever you want to call it podcast ever so thank you guys so much for for taking the time to listen to that hour-long spectacular as keith said you still can get it on itunes and on billboard.com it was a, uh, it was pretty cool, Keith. We we got a lot of nice words, and uh, I'm I'm still pumped. I'm still fired up. I'm still charged up, as Jake as Drake might say. Well,
2: we're not sleeping. It's like we 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 still have a jam packed, fabulous show this week, as we do every week.
3: Absolutely, yeah. We're 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 basically since we haven't really talked about the charts in two weeks, we're going to get into it. We're going to be talking a lot about the Hot 100 and the Billboard 200 chart. There's a new number one there, and a couple pop odds and ends and also we have a special guest on this week's pop shop podcast years and years stop by uh, I, I love this band i love their debut album communion it, it came out a couple weeks ago they stopped by the pop shop podcast for a really engrossing chat and can't wait to get to that later in the show before we get started as always if you want to subscribe to the pop shop podcast follow us on twitter and on itunes that way you never ever miss an episode if you have a question for us on Twitter, hit us up. He is at Keith underscore Caulfield. I am at Jason Lipschutz. Give us a rating or review on iTunes. We always do appreciate that. And if you want to subscribe to more Billboard podcasts, go to iTunes.com slash Billboard podcasts. That's plural. Keith, are you ready to rock and roll? Yes. <laughs> All right. There's that enthusiasm.
2: Wait, yeah. what, you, what do you want from me? It's like oh yeah, baby, we're totally ready. Ah I mean, is that what you want? Is that is that what you're kind of hoping I,
3: for? I would like that. Yeah. I want like a like a wrestling intro, basically. <laughs> are you ready? The audio <laughs> editors just picturing for this are you, like,
2: going to be so upset. <laughs> I apologize. I just
3: picture now. you like uh, I'm like, Keith, are you ready to talk about the charts? And you like you're like a wrestler like tearing off your shirt, like, yeah. So, yeah, let's do it, man. All right. So, Hot 100, Omi Cheerleader, the song I, I told you all was going to be number one months ago, is number one again for the third week. The weekend, Can't Feel My Face, closing in at number two, Keith. Uh, how close is it between number one and number two?
2: Actually, the gap uh, increased this week, believe it or not. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, you know, Omi has actually widened uh, his lead. Um, Though the song barely has a gain this week, um, The weekend actually lost a little bit of um, traction. Um, I think, though, that could change a little bit because I think the official music video for Can't Feel My Face arrived today, I believe, Tuesday. Um, Yeah. So that could make a big impact next week. Um, perhaps even moving to number one, but we shall see. But right now, though, the weekend is still held at bay at number two for a second week behind Omi's cheerleader. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because
3: I... Keith, uh, this is a fun segment. A, is this really fun funny? an unofficial or is this, segment.
2: <laughs> is this actually funny? Or This no? is pretty funny. Okay. This is a fun
3: unofficial segment we like to do on the billware.com pop shop podcast called Jason... Drives around listening to the radio sometimes oh, and, and that has reaction.
2: It's that thing again where you're driving, you're trapped in a car, and you're like, "Hey, I've turned on the local top forty station here in Vermont."
3: I'm not in Vermont, no, I'm Close sorry. Enough. Okay, go ahead. I apologize. But no, it's okay. I, I I just wanted to let you know that I I was driving around a lot, and the songs that I heard the most, I, and I, I will say I had a pretty good sample size. I was in the car about five hours yesterday so i and almost exclusively listening to either top 40 music or the race Rammered album which i also bought yesterday so i mean driving around a lot and i'm listening to top 40 and it's interesting i'm hearing omi's cheerleader a ton but i'm also hearing so much can't feel my face that i it was just like I know it's number two, but I I feel like it it, it feels like it's just destined for that number one spot. I I don't know what it is. It just seemed like it it can work in any kind of radio block. I just got that feeling that this is the song that is going to be inescapable next. So I guess we'll see. And like you said, the music video is coming. The Beauty Behind the Madness weekend album is coming. So a lot more weekend in in the coming weeks on the chart, I'm sure.
2: That's right. Oh yeah. oh yeah oh yeah it's like i'm the kool-aid man
3: <laughs> uh, oh, boy. that'd be cool the pop shop podcast co-hosted by the kool-aid man just barging in all the time like what if the anyway. entire
2: podcast was done in these voices jason what's up next? <laughs>
3: Well Keith what up next is my way from Fettiwop which flies from 87 to 7 oh yeah on the
2: hot 100 how that happened? <laughs> this we can <laughs> oh, we actually can't sustain this cuz i think we were probably actually, lose yeah it listeners. hurts
3: my throat um Keith so you pointed this out it, it, it's a huge gain it, it rises 80 spots and it's it's funny because this is after Fettiwop just got his second top 20 hit after Trap Queen, of course, was the number two hit, and now he has a third top 20 hit, his second top 10 hit with My Way, and what, what happened here, Keith?
2: Yeah, so, so Fetty Wap, of course, has already hit number two with um, uh, Trap Queen, and then, as you said, reached the top 20 uh, with 6.7.9, and then this track, um, My Way, featuring Monty, jumps 87 to 7 because it was finally commercially released Um you know, in, da- in download services. Finally, it went up for sale. Um, so it'd been kind of lingering at the bottom of the chart. Um, and finally it was available to purchase. And so, uh, that's why it jumps into the top 10. And so now Fetty Wap has two songs in the top 10 this week, um, which is pretty awesome. Um, sort of the, the summer of Fetty Wap, uh, as, as I love might it. Say, yeah. I, I,
3: I couldn't, I couldn't be happier about that, by the way.
2: I mean, you could be, Just saying you, you could be happier, I suppose, about <laughs> physically, it. Physi- I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I I mean it's
3: we've talked about Fetty Wap a a ton on this show, but just the fact that you know you see this from time to time with uh, especially in hip hop where where you have these these rappers with one monster hit usually in the summertime. If if you look at Bobby Shmurda last year, uh, Trinidad James was kind of the same way with All Gold Everything, and, and you wonder. Can this artist sustain this and find another hit and continue being relevant? Yeah, and now Fetty Wap, there's just so much interest not only in Trap Queen, but in this guy in general. And he's come from, I mean, very, very few people knew who Fetty Wap was at the beginning of 2015. It's July. He has three top 20 hits. He's like the hottest name in hip-hop. I I mean, you you saw yesterday, and I wrote this last week, um, that he has like multiple... Video Music Award nominations, uh, not only in, like, the Artist to Watch category, but, like, Best Hip Hop. Like, I, I think he's in, like, Best Male Video category. Like, he, he's he's just up there, and people are, are really regarding him in a way that maybe someone like a Bobby Shmurda, someone like a Trinidad James, they just never got. So it, it's interesting to me. I, I think, and to, to keep rolling with this, I just think that his style is so unique, where you, you have that kind of sing-song, rapping and we're going to get to another artist who does that, who has the number one album in the country this week. But people are taking that and, and just enjoying it so much on, on radio. And, yeah, it, it's it's very cool. I, I'm, a, I'm definitely a fan of his stuff. And it's cool to see all of his songs do so, so well so far.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You go, Jason. How's Lee you' you <laughs>
3: It's <laughs> just gonna be the the pop shop podcast with just me talking um
2: so the, which is fine this is this is like almost the equivalent of like me being a guest on whatever our hip-hop podcast is I'm like yep yeah, i'm just here listening well no i mean it's not like well, i'm ignorant of fetty wap it's just um you're very passionate about fetty wap and oh, i'm yeah. i'm i can tell you about some numbers <laughs> Unfortunately,
3: well, let me let's talk about some numbers about Fifth Harmony. That the the number five, uh, as in five H, from Fetty to Fifth on the top. Yeah, exactly. From Fetty to Fifth, a Pop Shop podcast retrospective. Um, So, so Keith, worth it continues to rise. Uh, Number fourteen last week, number twelve this week on the Hot 100, reaching a new peak. And what do you think, man? I, I mean, do you think that this is this is the time that it's it's fifth harmony's first top 10 coming up
2: well it, it, i mean it, that'd be lovely if it was that would be amazing um yeah worth it goes 14 to 12 um of course it features kid inc it's actually up four percent in overall chart points um it's it's not really that too far away from the top 10 um so you know it it could happen it, of course we say that every week anything can happen but it's one of those songs that just sort of keeps plugging away and um I, I would love to see him in the top ten. You know, it's been, it's it's it would be a wonderful success story for the for the ladies of Fifth Harmony to have their first top ten hit on the Hot 100 chart.
3: Yeah, and it's funny because we talked to them for the hundredth episode, and, and they said that they were kind of surprised that this is the song that crossed over. You saw Boss was the first single from their debut album Reflection, and then Sledgehammer, which is my my I still, still should have been an actual most, huge hit. Oh <laughs> my goodness, yeah, seriously, and it, you know it was a, it, it entered the the top forty. It peaked at number forty, but just to see what worth it's done, and you know another another song I heard a ton on on the radio yesterday, and it's it's funny because that horn really does sound a lot like um talk dirty and problem and it's just like that that horn sound is, has really resonated with people on top 40 it's the it's
2: the, the, the that's the thing and we've we've kind of talked about this offline a bit um not actually on the show I don't think um but I found that Worth It, to me, It sounds very contemporary with a lot of other songs that you would hear on Top 40 yeah. Radio right now. It sounds like a lot of other songs, which is probably why it's doing so well. Um, and I think on first blush, you wouldn't know that it was actually a girl group singing it. You might think it's just one yeah. girl singing. Um, oh, yeah. it's like some girl, some Natalie LaRose, I don't know, who, whoever, um, with, oh, some rapper singing. It's, you know, that's sort of a that's a that's a recipe for success right now is you know throwing some horns say how you're you're worth it you know raise a glass in the air and then bring in a rapper i mean i'm, I'm being <laughs> like really that, stupid say about how
3: it. you're worth it but i
2: mean it, th- uh, there, no. there's there's a whole swath of songs that sound like that um I just think it's great that they're finally getting some shine, and people are paying attention to them now as, like, legitimate hit makers. I just kind of wish that Sledgehammer was the song that was the one that kind of broke them through. But as they've noted, like, they continue to build. Like, Boss got them fans, and then they built it even more with Sledgehammer, and now they've kind of had the breakthrough. And so who knows? Now people will go back and kind of revisit all those other songs and be like, hey, look, there's other songs from this group that I like, too, you know?
3: Yeah, I remember Keith. A couple months ago, we we were talking to someone, and I won't say who, but someone when we were talking about Fifth Harmony, and and this person was like, you know, they're doing everything right. It's just that they can't get that radio hit. Yeah. And you know, obviously the the huge social following and the performances, and they just you know, obviously very likable, but they didn't have that radio hit, and now they they it seems like they finally do. So they no they uh, they we'll do keep an eye on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Number twelve this week. Also debuting just outside the top 20 this week, uh, another one of our, our 100th episode guests. she uh, 5 Seconds of Summer with She's Kind of Hot debuts at number 22 on the Hot 100. Now, their biggest hit in terms of chart, uh, Hot 100 uh, success today was Amnesia, which was a top 20 hit.
2: But She's Kind of Hot getting off to a rip-roaring start, Keith. A sizzling start. It's kind of a hot start. Get it? She's kind of hot. And it's the summertime, and it's five seconds of summer. Woo! Puns!
3: Fanning Bani- myself
2: right Nothing now. Nothing but puns!
3: Uh, Sorry. I'm, I'm assuming this was all this was all streams and, and downloads?
2: Um, I mean, there was a little bit of airplay, but it's mostly just um, sort of a big uh, big sales week. Because the song um, debuts at number three on the digital songs chart. It sold 124,000 downloads. Um, that was behind Fetty Wap's debut at number two with My Way, the song we talked about a little while ago. And, of course, the still the top-selling song is Omi's Cheerleader. So, yeah, it was a big sales week, which is mostly what drove the debut for Five Seconds of Summer.
3: Yeah, and, I, it, you know, you talk about Fifth Harmony and Worth It being sounding like a lot of other contemporary radio hits. She's Kind of Hot is kind of the exact opposite, where it, it has this good Charlotte pop rock vibe that you don't really hear anywhere else. I you kind of hear it with like all-time low is getting a little bit of pop crossover but you don't hear it on in terms of like the top 40 as much and you know they're they're trying to do their thing with uh, bring back guitars to top 40 and um, it's a revolution see what happens man
2: for their fans as they say
3: revolution yeah yeah and and it's funny because we had a great piece a couple weeks ago on billboard.com by Maria Sherman basically saying that you know when when you have that kind of Teen pop bubble burst, and you see a, a band like One Direction winding down. It, what happens is that young fans typically tend to go toward artists that are a little bit more "quote unquote" mature. And I, I we talked about this last year with Ed Sheeran, kind of taking over that teeny bopper fan base from someone like a Justin Bieber, and giving you know that kind of pop rock shine and, and getting those fans. And then you see someone like Five Seconds in Summer. One Direction is, is doing their thing. They've been uh, uh, doing it for a while, but I, I think maybe some of those fans are, are getting older and, and getting more into rock music and discovering more rock music and kind of bridging the gap is, is Five Sings of Summer who are very good-looking guys, but they play instruments and they have a lot of cred. So it'll be interesting. I, I think they're going to have a huge, huge, huge second half of this year. Nothing? Nothing, Keith?
2: I, I'm, I'm with you. I still, I still feel like I need to kind of like quasi apologize for what I said about Fifth Harmony's worth it for some reason because <clears throat> it was a, it, it was like what? it was like a weird sort of backhanded like compliment. It's like yeah, it sounds like everything else on the radio. That's why it's a hit. I'm like I'm just no, I, mm, I'm like, mm. I agree. No,
3: it, it, I think it does though. I think that it it sounds like a lot of everything else that the formula is kind of working and you know it definitely worked in this case. So I don't think you have anything to. Hey, Fifth Harmony knows that. They are friends of the Pop Shop podcast. They, you're you're all good, man. It's all good. It's all gravy. um We talked about the top ten. We talked about the top twenty and what is just outside of the top twenty. But let's talk about a couple songs that are either in the lower reaches of the Hot 100 or could be there soon. That's why we call this segment "Soon to be Hits." All right, man. Do you want to start? Do you want sure, me to start? What start. is uh
2: I can start. Um, So my soon-to-be hit is uh, Halsey's New Americana. It debuts at number 34 on our alternative songs chart. It's not on the Hot 100 yet, but who knows? It could be in the next couple weeks or something. The song, I think, is, I want to say it's like a year old. It's from, I want to say 2014, but it's now getting a push now, I think, as the first proper single from her upcoming album, Badlands, which is coming out August 28th. Um, The song name checks a lot of sort of pop culture, Uh, moments brands figures uh, people James Dean Biggie Nirvana Um, but it's it's cool and it's an interesting song Um, definitely uh, Halsey is one to watch Uh, her EP which is called Room 93 has sold about 35,000 um, the track that you might know already and you may not know that it's Halsey is called ghost. Um, it has done yeah. like 5 million views globally on YouTube, all the versions of it, uh, official versions that is combined. So she's off to a good start. And I think she even toured with the imagine dragons might be on tour with imagine dragons right now too. So someone to watch for new Americana by Halsey. Uh, that is my soon to be hit this week. Yeah. And
3: just to, to follow up Halsey is an artist that like you said ha, has been opening for Imagine Dragons and along with Metric and her fan base Keith I, I don't know if you know but she she's one of those artists with just an unbelievably rabid fan base online and you basically anything you you say about Halsey just gets a, a ton of just just eyeballs because there's there's so much dedication there and for a young artist, for a new artist, that's like the, the, the thing you really, really want is just to have that kind of passion. And, and we'll see, late, like you said, uh, albums coming out in a couple weeks, so we'll see if it translates into sales. Keith, my soon-to-be hit is actually from a very familiar figure to the Hot 100, Calvin Harris. And his collaboration with the Disciples called How Deep Is Your Love... That's the name of a Rapture album, by the
2: way. Not to be confused with the Bee Gees song either. It's not a cover. Yeah, exactly. And not to be confused uh, with uh, Drew Hill either.
3: Yeah, wow. A lot of How Deep is your a Love. Of, a lot of How anyway, Deep is that... me.
2: <laughs> Tell me what it's <laughs> uh,
3: That debuts at number 60 on the Hot 100. Now, this is a song that is not featured on Calvin Harris's 2014 album, Motion. He he's already had hits like summer and and blame and pray to god from that album this is a song that is sent out as a single he said that he wanted basically to crash the summer of 2015 he wanted to have a new song out there for his fans and it's it's a great house house song man i, I can't speak again house song come on uh and and you know calvin harris is is someone that you can never really underestimate on the hot 100 he he's had huge smash hits as both the featured artist and as the main artist and i think that I, I don't know this might be arriving a little bit late in the summer period to make a dent in terms of like our songs of the summer chart probably yeah but yeah but i think that this is a song that could spill over into the fall and like i said calvin harris
2: calvin harris is great ever for count every season out. No, he's he, he's not yeah, just a summer guy absolutely. He's, he's 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 yeah he's, he's a man for all seasons all the year what's funny?
3: <laughs> what's funny is that his last two albums both came out in the fall motion last november i believe and then 18 months before that so keith that is calvin harris and halsey on this week's soon to be hits And we actually uh, have to get to years and years in a couple minutes. But before that, we we did not talk about the Nicki Minaj-Taylor Swift Twitter showdown Mm. of last week. We did not talk about it last week because it was our 100th episode spectacular. We did not talk about any really pop news, but kind of resolved, but any kind of... Lingering feelings over that Keith we we didn't really talk about that that much between us offline Uh, um what do you think of everything
2: what Uh, I mean any any kind of takeaways so what we're talking about here is uh the MTV video music award nominations came out last week uh, Taylor Swift was nominated for Bad Blood uh, for Video of the Year, as well as a number of other videos. Nicki Minaj, her Anaconda video, was nominated for two VMAs, but none of those nominations were for Video of the Year. Nicki Minaj felt um, that her song was, over, her video was overlooked, especially considering that it was a record-breaking uh, video, and it broke the One Day Vivo record, I believe, and um, she felt that um, the, the song was, the, the video was being um, possibly overlooked because of, Um, Her image, or perhaps because uh, she wasn't a slender white girl, uh, I think possibly referencing, you know, maybe folks like Miley Cyrus, you know, and Katy Perry. She didn't name anyone specifically. Um, Yeah. And so she was vocalizing a lot of this on Twitter. I'm just recapping because in case, you know, you're listening, you have no idea what we're talking about. Um, And Taylor specifically picked up on the slender uh, white girl uh, uh, tweet and tweeted at Nikki um, thinking that the tweet was referencing Taylor because Taylor is a slender white girl and she's up for video of the year and Nikki was not. Um, And if you just isolated that one tweet, I can sort of see how you might think it's about you. But if you took all of Nikki's tweets in context you and strung them together, you would see that it was sort of a larger picture she was trying to talk about. Um, Ultimately, everything worked out. There was a moment where Nikki and Taylor were sort of like on the outs, but then Taylor apologized and everything is good now. That's the explanation. (laughs) It's funny because
3: I, you know, the only thing I really want to add that I I didn't write about this. I didn't really want to write about this uh, just because I thought that it wasn't really my place to insert myself into a misunderstanding. And there were a lot of think pieces and hot takes about this. And I'm, I'm sort of glad I wasn't in on that. Uh, the one thing I, I, I will say is that In terms of Nicki Minaj This was a, a huge look for her Because she is an artist That more and more and more people Are, are not only viewing as a hip hop star Or a, a pseudo pop star But a superstar Like a, a headliner a, a capital P pop star And to have this kind of exchange With Taylor Swift Where she kind of showed Taylor Swift Like no listen I have a, a, an important point to make and she made that point, And that point really was really resonated with a lot of people. And people started to say, hey, like, are these VMA nominations just, it's not even obviously not about the VMA nominations, but the larger point she was trying to make. And to have Taylor Swift kind of double back on herself and say, I was wrong, I apologize, is a big win for Nikki. And, and you know, the other thing I want to say is just that a lot of people... Uh, I, I think a surprising number of people kind of tore Taylor Swift to shreds based on a couple tweets. And, you know, I, I get it. I, I think that when she said, like, oh, you're in... If I win, you can come up on stage with me. I get. She wasn't trying to be condescending, but it came off as a little condescending. But you know what? I, I also kind of applaud her for uh, doubling back a couple of days later and admitting she was wrong and, and not doing this whole dance of like, well, that's not what I meant. Uh, she's like, no, I was wrong. I'm sorry. And I, I misconstrue what you were saying. I, that, that's a, It's a very adult thing to do. And for everyone who kind of lambasted her for, you know, a couple of tweets, I, I, I think that it was she should be applauded for admitting she was wrong. I, I mean, I, I know a lot of people in general, much less pop stars, rarely admit when they make mistakes. So. I, uh, I I I recognize that I, I think this this kind of was a as as weird as it was for them to be like fighting on Twitter. I, I kind of see it as a win win for both. Yeah. Last thing I, I want to say about this is that sometimes I, I feel like you got to text somebody instead of tweet at them. Yes. You know, d- like d- when there's like a misunderstanding. Don't tweet. Like if Just you don't. Like if you if you tweeted, like, oh man, like, like certain pop editors are really getting on my nerves. At, like i wouldn't tweet at you being like being like what i i've always loved you and supported you keith what's <laughs> going on i would i would text you like whoa is this like a subtweet at me what's what's going on um but yeah sometimes you sometimes you guess you just got to do that thank thank goodness you never sent a tweet like that man i would i'd be alarmed uh anyway
2: i'll do that anyway. right now and let's see what happens <laughs> we could always trim this we could always trim this vma chat bad i feel like we went on way too long
3: <laughs> no, it's all right man. We we got to get to uh, Years & Years. So again, Years & Years, great new act there. Debut album Communion came out in the US early July and one of my favorite albums of the year, tr- truly one of my favorite albums of the year. They, the guys talked about the making of the album, touring behind it, US versus UK and what's next for them. So, here is Years & Years on the Pop Shop podcast. It's you that I've
4: been waiting to find. I'm
0: I think every time it always feels really exciting when you come to New York, because yeah. it just feels like such a great place for music, and we've done a few. Sh- we've only really done two shows here, but they've both been really amazing, the crowds, so it feels really nice to be back here, but it's just so big, America, I just <laughs> can't get my head around how big it is, because yeah. I feel like, you know, we're quite busy in Europe all the time, but America is like just the whole of Europe. It's just a whole different you know? ball of wax. Like in one place. Yeah. Bigger. Bigger than Europe. Yeah, it's a lot of different countries, like you know. So yeah.
3: I, I was at one of those New York shows a couple of months ago, and which one? Uh, Le Poisson, the one which at La Poisson Rouge, and, yeah. and Katy Perry was there. Yeah, she really. was there. Yeah, so that she's that a was super a fan. Been, <laughs> she is a super. So th- that must have been a cool she's moment for her to be like, "Oh yeah. yeah, I'm here to see you guys." She like, well, what was that like? Um, that was just
4: great. I mean, she came backstage to um, to say hi to us, and she was in a beanie and. <laughs> We we the almost Beanie didn't recognize her. Yeah, she was like sort of three. incognito, but she was with um lots of friends and she was really nice.
0: She had cool friends. Had I was friends. impressed by her Cool friends. But no I one told, told me person she was person by their friends. Yeah, so. you you got to. no one told me she was coming, which yeah, we really were thing. a little you bit ill. Ill. Surprised. I was really ill. Would you, would
3: that yeah. have affected the show? Be like, by the way, yeah, Katy Perry's in the. I think the it would have made audience.
0: me feel maybe slightly. On edge. I don't know because it's so small as well. The and Rouge. I didn't want to like be looking for Katy Perry's face. Carly Rae. Carly
3: Ra- I just remember Carly Rae yeah. Jepsen was at that show too. She was you guys too. are like bringing in all the pop superstars. Yes. <laughs>
0: we should all get. We should form a super group Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> super group of super friends. So, yeah. uh, um, one of the things I love about this album is that it's so hard to classify. Like, I, I listen to one uh, one song and it's like, oh, this is a dance album. Listen to one song and it's like, oh, it's an R and B album. How would you, how do you guys think about your music in terms of genre in terms of influence because i'm really curious in this
4: it's much easier to classify it the other way so it's not death metal it's not blues <laughs> so it's not that's, rock that's really easy to do it that I way i there if were a couple of death
3: metal songs <laughs> no, yeah, that's, i not it's album three it's not jazz we're in a legal
4: wrangle with polydor and we want to piss them off um, no i think that it's you just find it in the popular section the cd <laughs> shop next to yeah yeah <laughs> yes yeah why uh, music that's yeah. what do. Yeah. Yeah. why genre um.
3: yeah why genre
0: I guess we just I, it's, we just kind of come from we just make everything electronic mostly electronic music so we're kind of like a normal you know like any other band would make their music in a live scenario like we we do we used to do that and then we just translated it all into laptops and synths so it, I think just means the result a lot of the stuff kind of can slip between genres really easily and but that's always been important to us you know to have yeah. make music that would be able to be played on the radio but also you know
4: yeah it's like it was like um it's a bit of a balancing act because you want we definitely were aware that we wanted to have our own sound which i think we do and um but we also wanted to have fun and not be constricted by you know whatever we did before and yeah. having to do the same thing but um Because the way we listen to music is kind of the way people listen to music now as well, which is that they don't necessarily care too much about genres. It's not as tribal anymore. Yeah. But at the same time, we wanted to make the album a body of work that sort of... Every song sort of feels right next to each other. Yeah. So we discarded a lot of stuff that didn't sound right. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. Who who are some of the electronic artists and and groups that have influenced you guys just growing up and kind of soaking in their stuff to, to think about... Refracting it out as years and years, mm-hmm. This endless.
0: Yeah, I think we sometimes talk about those sort of earlier kind of synth bands like Topesh Mode and Pet Shop Boys, Boys are a big one, and and Aha and, and Eurythmics, and then I think more recently we really love Little, Little Dragon. How Little Dragon made mm-hmm. make their music sound so kind of accessible, but also unique and quirky and electronic and. Um, Emery is really into Caribou. We all like Caribou.
4: Um, um, yeah, and, and lots of, I don't know, like, non-band music as well, pop music from, like, the n- the noughties and nineties and stuff. Yeah. Um, like, you know, R&B. And,
0: but for um, me, this, it's just the songwriting's always been, like, number one. So I just, you know, I'm, like, obsessed with writing the perfect song. So, you know, I can really appreciate anything if I think it's a good song, you know, whether it's Rihanna or... You know, neutral milk hotel. I'm just I just want to hear a good song. That would be an interesting mashup. Yeah. I like <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
4: don't wanna
3: try I mean I'm sure these songs have been kind of ready to go for a while. Uh, are, are you already thinking about the next iteration of Years and Years? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're are like, all right, this is this is out. All right, let's
0: yeah. let's, let's
4: yeah. do, these do songs for a while. I, I do we'll sit on it for a while. Yeah.
0: I've started to think a little bit about what the next because I, I it was import- I just at one point I was writing a song a day and they were just I was like these songs are rubbish these aren't good <laughs> but I and I think it was good you know it's good to take a break too creatively but I have started to think about what the next record will sound like or just you know a few melodies K-pop like, okay. yeah <laughs> nice it's gonna have a lot of Korean influence yeah it's not gonna be
4: us it's gonna be a revolving <laughs> yeah. set of band members <laughs> you guys are yeah. the new Menudo the guy with yeah, the that's up, gonna be one with the glasses one yeah. with a beard. That'd be great. That'd be very meta. And then we'll make a film around about around it. A little while.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow.
3: Well, that's that, that's enticing. I like mm-hmm. that. Yes, um, what was the uh, what was the last song to make the cut for this album, or not? Maybe either the last song that you you worked on, or the last song that you were like, "All right, let, this is gonna make it."
0: Uh, gold. Gold. Really. Literally came yeah. in the last, no, two, last days. two days.
3: Two yeah. days.
4: That yeah. might be my favorite song in the yeah, album. Yeah, it's interesting. Really,
0: it's a really good yeah. one. A few people have said that. I think. It, it, sometimes it's that thing about once all the al- all the work's been done, you kind of give yourself a little bit of breathing space and then you kind of, or you feel, it just opens up a little bit, something extra, and you pour something good out. Um, which, thank God, really, because it could have just been a really rubbish song that was track 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah for a lot. while I was
4: intent on calling it track
3: 10. Really? But,
0: yeah, yeah because yeah, we didn't have one. We were, we were like, oh, we didn't know what we were going to do do for track 10 and then
3: yeah well there you go i mean you you guys are touched upon a little at the at the start of this but in terms of europe and uk by extension and, and the us like how different does it feel uh in terms of just everything in terms of promotion in terms of playing shows like what what is the like the single biggest difference it is
4: it is different the the Ali touched on the scale of the place i think with the us the scale of it is hard to explain to americans how different it is to europe like but also i think in terms of people i think i think people are quite a bit more um enthusiastic in the us yeah. they're more open with their feet, you know they wear their heart on their sleeve a little more europeans can be a bit more cool you know
0: yeah <laughs> you like all right I, I'm <laughs> having fun show <laughs> yeah. they won't show, they it. Won't show <laughs> it. but I really like okay. that about the US
4: I think um, yeah the people are cool mm. what About you, what about you Ollie <laughs> I
0: guess the biggest I mean I guess the biggest difference just feels like the scale I mean I just don't know how you know because in the UK you have like one radio station, you know a, a couple major radio yeah. stations that you need to have play your music but here there's like you know a few ma- major radio stations every state, at least. Um, I don't know. So it just feels... Yeah, it feels different in that well, way. Well,
3: it, it must have been a, at least a little bit daunting for you guys. Just I was going to say, it's a little bit scary. Just <laughs> because, yeah, you guys, I, I remember when the first singles came out and just hearing like oh sound of 2015 and like oh this is the next big thing to blow and and it was usually a a lot of like bbc in the uk Mm -hmm. like how did you guys process that sort of information obviously it's a great thing to have you know the backing of radio and and tastemakers but how did you guys process that
4: I don't think I process any of it We ignore it ignored it, <laughs> ignored it. <laughs> you're just like all right it's just something up. that's happening
3: <laughs>
4: yeah
0: it's it's yeah it's kind of feels difficult to wrap your head around really it's it's overwhelming but you just have to recognize the kind of platform that it provides that it's, that gives you and do your best to make the most of it
3: very cool. Thanks again to Years and Years and again. Check out Communion. It is in stores now. It is very very good. Keith, are you you're a Years and Years fan, right?
2: Um, you know, I well, uh, yes. I mean, I'm not like a super fan, <laughs> but I've I've enjoyed their music.
3: Yeah, you got to I feel like you'd really really like this album if if you haven't heard the whole thing. And uh cuz we we've talked about King a bunch and I think it might have been on Soon to Be Hits. It was definitely on the Must Hear Music podcast. Uh, one of my favorite songs of the year and those guys are great. Keith, are you ready? I'm mm, sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Chart out of the Week. Do, 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 do.
2: Hey, beep beep. Um Donna Summer reference. So this week's like Chart out of the Week. Hey, you're welcome. Um, is actually about uh in sync. Uh, fifteen Ooh. fifty yes, one of your favorites. Fifteen years ago this week. On the Hot 100, dated July 29th, 2000, InSync got its one and only number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 with It's Gonna Be May. Spent two weeks... I can't beatbox. Um... I mean, I can, but that was a very bad example of it anyway. Uh, it's going to be me spent two weeks at number one. Most people might be surprised that Insync has only had one number one single on the Hot 100 chart. Let me explain why. Insync uh, came up at a time in a weird, strange time on the Hot 100 chart, where it was a, a time of transition on the Hot 100, where record labels did not put out singles anymore like commercially yeah. available singles to go purchase in the store and this was also a time pre-iTunes pre-digital services so the only way to buy anything a lot of the time like was to buy a full album and so um, singles kind of died off in the late 90s and so many of Insync's big hits uh, were never actually available to purchase as like standalone singles in the store so therefore on the Hot 100 chart which blends sales airplay back then just sales and airplay uh their songs would just chart off of just airplay um so they never had a number 1 until it's going to be me when they put out a commercially available single and it shot to number 1 certainly a song like bye 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 which was number 1 for 5 weeks on our radio songs chart that certainly would have been a number 1 hit on the hot 100 yeah but it went to number 4 because it didn't have any sales behind it so if you're wondering how in the world did InSync, one of the biggest boy bands ever, only have one number one on the Hot 100, well, you can blame their label, but also blame just sort of the way the record industry worked at the time, and there you go. So 15 years ago this week, InSync got its first and only number one hit so far on the Hot 100 with It's Gonna They May.
3: Thank you, Keith, for your chart set of the week. Keith, do you have a favorite InSync single? Um. No, yeah,
2: probably the obvious. Uh bye bye bye.
3: Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. I think Pop I th- Pop is still my favorite. Do you
2: ever wonder still why this music kicks you, song, high. That it song is you like, on a ride? Feel it when your body starts to rock. Sorry. I
3: love. I just love the concept of that song, which is just like grown men defending themselves for singing pop music.
2: It's just like why you want to like try to type of thing. Yeah, it was so, so defensive. <laughs> it was just like, no, man, we're doing pop, and pop's awesome. Yeah, come on, step off, Eminem. Stop trying to like beat us up. You know, pop. Mm. I'm like, wow. I know. Right. It's uh,
3: it's just so funny. It's just like I, I love it. I love it so much. BT. Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry, I was just—I was like so excited when the, that song. So, uh, it, a lot of the album, I think, a lot of that album was done with BT, uh, the producer of BT, who I really yeah. liked. A lot of his stuff um, that came out before that. So I was—I just—and then remember, remember, when they did it on the VMAs with Michael Jackson showing up out of the Etch a Sketch? Oh my on! goodness! Anyway,
3: sorry. That—that's amazing. Anyway, anyway, uh, Keith, thank you as always for a tremendous Pop Shop podcast. Thank you guys all for listening. We are going out on. Bye bye bye. We will see you guys next week.
1: Thanks again. Take care. Step into the world of power, loyalty